Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. At the back of the Bible, to each of the seven churches of Asia in Revelation 2 and 3, the risen, glorified Lord offered each of them a promise, the promise of overcoming, that if each would agree with the diagnosis the Lord made and said, Lord, you look with searchlights on my heart, you see how I really am, and in the midst of it, God, you've accurately assessed my life. I repent. I want to be an overcomer. Today, you and I are meant to overcome, to be more than conquerors. All of this week on Daily Devotion, we're facing the trials with faith. And one of the trials that we face on a regular basis is that of pain. Someone said pain is the gift nobody wants, but still it comes. And even at the risk of sounding like your high school coach, I'm going to say it, from pain ultimately will come gain. If we hold on, if we endure. And what I hope you gain from these next few moments is the following. First, a recognition that all of us experience pain. It's as natural as the ebb and the flow of the seas, as common as night and day, and as usual as the seasons. So to borrow Simon Peter's expression, don't think it's strange when you or someone you love goes through a period of pain. The second thing I hope you find today is an appreciation that God does his best work in our lives in the midst of pain. Pain shouldn't define us, but pain can refine us. And that's the overarching lesson that God uses for all things, especially for pain, to shape us, to change us, and to draw us nearer to him. The third thing I hope you discover today is a commitment that what you learn in these times the strength that you find is able to be shared with everyone that you meet. In writing The Point of Low Points, I begin with the sentence, adversity and humanity are synonyms. A mother struggles to give birth to a child. A child struggles to be born. A fallen world welcomes another fallen person. Our days are few, Job said but seem marked with endless difficulties. Augustine once said God had one son on earth without sin, but he never had one without suffering. All of God's children struggle and suffer. Have you ever wondered why? Why is there such pain? Why does adversity abound? To ask why is to explore what has been called the Achilles heel of Christianity. Achilles, you may remember, was that mythological character whose mother tried to protect him from a prophesied demise. She did so by dipping him as an infant in the river Styx. She missed a spot on one of his heels, the spot that an arrow later found. You see, the problem of pain and suffering is the tender spot for people of faith. Our reasoning goes like this. If God loves me, then why has this happened to me? Or, if God is good, then why do bad things happen? Or still yet, since God is all-powerful, why can't he take away the pain? From a child, we have been taught to pray, God is great, God is good, 
His greatness and goodness should, to our way of thinking, eradicate our pain. But it doesn't, and we are left to wonder why. Our God hears a lot of questions. Saul of Tarsus lifted sightless eyes and asked, Who are you, Lord? And on the heels of that question, this future Apostle Paul asked a second question, Lord, what would you have me to do? We ask the who, what, when, and where questions of God quite frequently, but there is no question more pervasive and more painful as why. Christian author Lee Strobel commissioned a national survey that posed the question, if you could ask God one thing, what would it be? And the most frequent response was, why? Why is there so much suffering in this world? Why? That question mark. It's the fishhook in every human heart. Sickness, disappointment, abuse, betrayal, broken promises, broken relationships, sorrow, crime, accidents, and a host of other troubles assail each of us. And we ask the question, why did this happen to me? Why the pain? Made in His image, we seek to understand and to perceive His ways. We want to know that there is a reason behind what's happening to us, that life is more than fate, more than chance, or the roll of a dice. His way, though, is sometimes through the sea. His footsteps are not known, Psalm 77, 19. Over the years, I've learned we don't necessarily need to know why. We just need to know there is a why, that there is an answer even if we don't know it. We must perceive that present sufferings work toward future glories, that behind each and every difficulty in our life is a loving God working His plan, His will. So if you're in a valley, doesn't mean you made a wrong turn. It may mean that God has something for you, that God shapes His best and chosen vessels and ambassadors in the valleys of affliction. And this is where a man in Scripture looms large. He's been called the Jesus of the Old Testament. Through his odyssey of adversity, witnessed by Joseph, we see there is a point in each and every low point of life. And yes, this week, I'm just touching and elaborating on some key lessons that I shared in that book, The Point of Low Points. By looking at his life, maybe our own lives will achieve greater clarity. We may not arrive at the place where we welcome adversity, but we may affirm with the songwriter, Dottie Rambo, in the valley, he restoreth my soul. There were any number of low points in Joseph's life, and each is comparable in some way to the life of Jesus Christ. It was Joseph who lost his mother at an early age, and the hits kept coming. Lost in a field at Shechem, betrayed by jealous brethren, lied on by Potiphar's wife. Yes, you get the picture. But my attention focuses on Joseph because God wants us to focus on him. It's interesting that in the book of Genesis, where Joseph's story is found, there are two chapters or 66 verses recording the beginning of the cosmos, of the universe of the earth and planetary heavens as we know them. 
Joseph's life, however, is not covered just in two chapters. It's covered in 14 chapters and 448 verses. There are seven times more verses about Joseph's life than about creation. God wants to underscore something in our minds. It's more important we learn how to live than how we were created. Origins are important, but character is essential in this day and age. God's spoken word created the world, but only faith in God transforms our worlds. Heaven shows us through Joseph how to recreate our worlds when they have been shattered. If Joseph made it through the valleys of his life with flying colors, then perhaps you and I can learn through him how to grow through life's ups and downs. We may also learn, like Joseph, to model Jesus to our generation as well. God is more concerned that each generation sees him than he is concerned with our convenience. That's a good thing to remember when you're moving forward in life. We humans like the fast forward button. We like to skip over the tedious journey and arrive at the destination. More than once have we said, give me just the high points, meaning to omit the difficult details and to share only the satisfying conclusions. We like to skip the mundane to the end of the book. True life, however, isn't like that. The nitty-gritty must be lived and walked through. Highlights require lowlights. High points compel low points. Just before Moses died, he shared with Israel a description of the land God had promised to them. He called it a land of hills and valleys. Any visitor to Israel can attest to that description. We may even say that Moses was guilty of understatement. It's a land of dramatic changes in landscapes with high bluffs and deep gorges. Alexander Solzhenitsyn received the Nobel Prize in Literature for raising awareness of the forced labor system in Soviet prisons. He gave a firsthand account of his own years spent laboring in these prison camps in his crowning work, The Gulag Archipelago, the author looks back on his life and experience and says, Bless you, prison, for having been in my life. In other words, the pain brought the gain. Had the Apostle Paul never been thrown into the dungeons, much of the New Testament would be missing. Those painful moments formed the inkwell for many sacred verses that we hold dear. From a prison cell, the great apostle Paul reminded the Philippians that his experience had rendered a miraculous transformation in his values, that treasures became trash and losses became gains. Michelangelo's Last Judgment fresco dominates the front wall of the Sistine Chapel. Gaze upon it a while and you'll notice the saints depicted in heaven cling to certain items. Andrew, Simon Peter, Simon the Cyrene each hold crosses. Bartholomew holds his flayed skin. Catherine holds a piece of a broken will and Lawrence clings to a piece of gridiron. The life or death of each of these people was somehow associated with what they held in their hands. A cross, a broken wheel, flayed skin, gridiron. None of these can be called the mountaintop experiences of life. It's the valleys that refine us and grant us our true identity. Why the pain? 
There's a song, pain, the gift nobody wants, but still it comes. And in those painful moments of our lives, God is shaping us. Why the pain? Pain unmasks us. It reveals who we really are and also who God is preparing us to be. Chapin once said, out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seamed with scars. There's that old song. I spent some time listening to it just before this devotion. With frank and transparent language, sometimes the clouds are low. I can hardly see the road. I ask a question, Lord. Lord, why so much pain? But then comes that declaration of faith in the song. But he knows what's best for me. Although my weary eyes, they can't see. So I'll just say, thank you, Lord. I won't complain. When you find yourself in the midst of a valley, in the deepest and darkest time of your life, and you're experiencing physical, social, emotional pain, remember, it's that pain that is working the gain in your life. It's that pain that is leading you through a crucible experience where the pure gold is being transformed, the dross is being removed, and who you are before God is showing for all the world to see. Then why the pain? Because God knows what's best for us, and He's going to carry us through and conform us to His image. People will see Jesus in us. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.